I was surprised when I was told flat out by an eighth grade student that he didn't need to do his work because middle school grades didn't really matter. This came after my encouraging him to complete a simple assignment in class. My first reaction, this was going to be a long five weeks together while I would be subbing. As his words rang in my ears throughout that day, I was reminded of some truths while working with young people. And that is our focus today. So let's go ahead and get started. Have you ever felt that we are losing young people to the world around them and that they have already chosen to walk away from Jesus without even knowing him? And did you know that all young people are at risk for something? That's why I want to welcome you to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast, where positive youth development and youth ministry intersect. I'm your host, Deb Schroeder. Join me weekly for encouragement, resources, and strategies to assist you in helping young people make Jesus their hashtag. Welcome back to the Jesus is my hashtag podcast. We are returning after two weeks on hiatus from releasing new episodes. These two weeks have been busy for me planning and creating for this next quarter. I have a great guest who will join us later this spring on the podcast and a special episode in April and so much more. I want to thank you though for tuning in each week and being open to growing your knowledge, skills, and hearts for serving young people. Now, back to being told by that student that middle school grades don't matter. It was only my third day in a five-week-long sub-job for an eighth-grade English class. I had spent the past two days trying to get this young man to do his work and not to distract those around him. I guess by day three, he figured out I wasn't going to let up. So his response to me was his effort in convincing me that he truly didn't need to do the work. As he said, he didn't like English, reading, or writing, Plus, he knew he was going to pass on to high school anyways. And I guess the truth in that moment is he was probably right. Summer school wasn't required anymore, so he most likely would be moving on. His grades he was earning didn't sit on a transcript that moved with him throughout high school yet. Now, I could get all kinds of mad and upset that something in our school system wasn't working how it was supposed to be in that moment. And trust me, I wasn't happy. But the reality my five-week subbing wasn't going to change that system. So I thought about what I could change. This experience pointed to a bigger issue in working with young people. Young people often need a why, and that why needs to matter and connect to them personally. Our young people are looking for the why and what they are asked to do. Why is it important? Why does it matter? Why do I have to do it? And as a youth worker, you probably realize that when you try to help them find their why, it usually ends up connecting with a how. How will it help me? How will it make a difference for me? So this combination of why and how matters when we are engaging with young people. Have you ever noticed that young people tend to live in the here and now? They experience immediate gratification in terms of having access to information through technology, specifically their phones. They have that same immediate gratification in terms of entertainment. They don't wait in the same way other generations had to wait for answers, and they get impatient when they're asked to do so. Further, many of our youth have spent time being passed on, moved on, or rescued from difficult situations. Because of that, they haven't had to do certain work or figure things out. In some ways, they haven't had to fully follow authority and direction in these types of situations. 
and some of our young people have been in systems such as foster care or the juvenile justice system, where they have experienced such heartache or loss, even after doing what was asked of them, and even without agreeing with the why. They still ended up losing, and because of that, some have lost a will and a hope for things to matter. And it makes them question the why even more. The bottom line, when we work to engage young people, a simple because I said so, or you just have to do it, doesn't persuade them. And it certainly doesn't engage them in the process or their own development. In fact, these statements can further shut down a young person. So how do we help young people find a why or a how that matters to them? First, we start with a conversation. We ask young people to help us understand their point of view. We ask them to help us understand their hesitancy, any confusion, their needs. And we can be honest with young people that while we may not agree with them, we still want to understand what they're thinking and why they think that way. Now, having a conversation that is honest and allows young people to feel heard comes down to the relationship that you've built with them. That relationship grows and builds over time. And making sure you are truly listening to youth helps to keep them engaged. Regardless of where you are in building that relationship with youth, it's okay to ask them to tell you about their point of view. For example, in the case of my student, I had known him for just three days, but I asked him why he felt that grades didn't matter. I asked him if he thought not doing work today was going to help him build the skills that he would need as a freshman student. I even asked him to tell me what he wanted to do after he finished high school. And then I listened. Second, we need to help paint a picture of how things work together. Basically, you are creating your own dot-to-dot, so to speak. Remember, one of the developmental outcomes youth need is a sense of mastery and future. If you are working with a young person who doesn't have a sense of the future, this is going to be additionally challenging. You need to really work to show the steps from where they are today to where they want to be. And sometimes you have to point out how skipping those steps, not doing the work, is like skipping part of the picture you're painting. It may not matter right now, but in the future, it will. It also wouldn't be uncommon for the same young person to not have a strong sense of responsibility and autonomy. If a young person is struggling to see their future and how what they do today impacts their future tomorrow, they may not understand their responsibility in helping get to their goal. I would also mention that this idea of autonomy is easily confused by young people when they believe that autonomy means they can do whatever they want regardless of consequences. This is why we have to help them connect autonomy to responsibility and to their future. Doing something because it is expected of you, even without your understanding why you have to do it, it is a part of a young person's growth in responsibility. Now, let me be clear here. When I am talking about doing something that a young person does not want to do, I am in no way suggesting that youth should be in a situation that is unsafe, harms them, or demeans them. And I am very clear with young people that this is not okay. The truth is that sometimes young people are given class assignments, chores, tasks that they don't want to do or learn how to do, and it has nothing to do with their safety. For example, in that class, we were working on starting a research paper. The research paper wasn't going to harm him, but it was going to make him work. Now, not doing the steps of the research paper would mean that he would have nothing to submit in the end. I shared how the next year he would be writing another research paper because all freshmen have to do that. 
but I told them that it would be required to be longer and contain more sources, and the grading would be much more difficult. Learning to do it now would be much easier, and it would help them in the long run. Third, we can give an example from our own life. Sometimes we need to acknowledge that as a teenager, we didn't always like having to do what we were told or what was expected of us. Sometimes we didn't understand why we had to do it either or how it would help us. When we can empathize and let young people know that we get that feeling, it helps us to share a commonality and it shows that we do understand. And if you don't have an example that relates or your young person doesn't connect with your example, it's okay to share about another young person that you've worked with. Now, be general and don't mention specific names, even if they ask. The point is not who. The point is that you understand and you've experienced this before. For me, I could not relate to not submitting work, refusing to do work in a classroom. I was the student who would do the work and often did it ahead of time. So I talked about what it looked like when I subbed in the freshman English class at the high school and how students struggled with their research paper. I talked about how quick the instruction went because it was assumed that all these freshmen had written a research paper in eighth grade. Since students would come in with this experience, the instruction could move at a much quicker pace. Not only was this an example, but it was another way of painting a picture to show how things connected and worked together. Fourth, we want to share our expectations and our hopes for the young person. As a youth worker, we need to be honest about what our expectations are and what choices that we hope a young person will make. It's okay to be honest about what you want youth to do and why you believe they need to do it. Another part of this is sharing with young people why we believe that they can meet our expectations. I always ask myself, what strengths or skills does a young person have that they can put to use? For example, I told my student that I expected him to complete the assignments in class. If he struggled to do so, I offered to work with him in advisory period or to schedule a time after school. I told him I knew he was capable, even if he didn't like writing. I knew he was creative by the stories that he always told me in class, and I encouraged him, and I even challenged him to be his best self. And you know what happened? He still didn't do the work. This example just goes to show that we can't make a young person accept our why that something matters or how it connects and affects them. Regardless of how much we want to, we simply cannot. But what we can do is use these moments to continually model what it looks like to believe in a young person's capability. We can also work to help young people develop the skills and outcomes that they need to transition throughout adolescence and into adulthood. We can use these moments to demonstrate to a young person that we truly care about them, and we can show young people that we are willing to listen to them. In the end, we share our expectations, and then we give room for young people to meet them or to choose not to. I often tell youth that the reality of their life as a teen is that they are going to have to do things that they don't like or don't understand. Their job, for a lack of a better word, is as a student during most of their teen years. If they are an athlete, they are not going to like all the conditioning or drills that they're asked to complete. At home, they may have to help with siblings or around the house. At work, they may be tasked with doing something that they find gross. And then I tell them that as an adult, we face that same reality. Sometimes I have to do things that I don't like to do, don't want to do, and things I don't always understand the importance of. Then I usually give examples from my own life. 
I start with the examples of laundry and dirty diapers. I mean, I get the why, but I still don't like them. When I ask what would have happened if I had chosen not to do those things for my kids when they were little, young people always have great responses. Then I tie it back to the reality that we may not want to do something, but sometimes we have to do it anyways. I realize these examples are simple, but they lead to some humor, and that's part of the way I engage young people. I go back then and offer more serious examples from my own life or things that my husband or own adult son has had to do in a job that we didn't all see the value of. I even give examples of things I have to do in the job or the volunteer role that I am filling right there with them. These four strategies are important to engage in with young people. Although we do have to remember that sometimes we still won't see the results or the mindset shift that we would like to in a young person. Sometimes young people need the space to figure it out for themselves. They may need more time to process, or they may want to see us modeling what we have talked about a little longer. Giving that time and space to young people, that's okay. Now, you know I can't end this podcast without giving you a homework assignment. This week, I want to challenge you to practice these four strategies when you hear your own teenager or a youth whom you serve question why something matters or why they have to do something. Work to give young people a voice and to truly hear them. And make sure you praise them for what they do, especially if they didn't understand or appreciate the why and how it mattered. Any opportunity we have to let youth know that we see them and appreciate what they do, it makes an investment in their self-worth and in our relationship with them. As for that young man, five weeks in and he didn't really shift his beliefs about doing the work. He pretty much just sat there. But what did happen? He stopped being as disruptive in the classroom so that others could do their work. He stopped trying to argue with me about why he had to do it. I firmly believe that he began to respect the fact that I wasn't going to change my desire for him to do his best, and he really was okay with that. And in the end, he didn't mind that I cared about him either. Sometimes that's the best that we can do. We can care, we can listen, we can encourage. And then we have to step back and allow young people to determine for themselves if they will move forward, whether or not they accept the why and the how. Hey there, fellow youth workers. Thanks for tuning in today. Remember what Matthew 937 tells us, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. In other words, keep showing up and keep caring.